0: Matthew chapter 28, we'll start at verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen we had a little thought or something of that nature, it would be, you're never alone. Sometimes Satan makes you feel that way, don't he? He'll pump a bunch of nonsense into our heads, and if we're not very careful, we'll believe him. If we're not very careful, we'll, we'll swallow that stuff hook, line, and sinker. He'll, he'll have us believing nobody cares, nobody loves us. And we're better off, Just the world might be better off without us, but I'm here to tell you, somebody loves you, and you're never alone. (laughs) He didn't just come to this world to be mocked and ridiculed and scorned and beaten and spat upon and bleed and die on a cross of Calvary for me. He came for the drunkard. He came for the drug addict. He came for the adulterer. He came for the homosexual. He came for the sinner. The Bible says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. We'd all agree that long laundry list I just went through. Well, that's all sin. Listen, friends, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. While the religious crowd may snarl their nose at homosexuals or adulterers or or things like that, and we've lived to the day, I never thought I'd see it happen, but you pray for a few minutes so I can get to the Lord. We've lived to the day where we honor sin instead of condemn it. And you all know what I'm talking about. Adultery used to be something that was that was awful, that was forbidden, and the Bible says that it's a sin. And yet, if you turn your TV on, you can't find one TV show that doesn't lift it up. I like to watch football and basketball, baseball and different sports like that. Just wait till the commercial comes on. And you'll see lots of young folks smiling, turning up alcohol. What they don't show you is the effects of that stuff. What they don't show you is the broken homes that it causes. What they don't show you is the broken families, how children turn against parents, parents turn against children, how people wind up in the gutter with everything gone and lost. They never show you that side. The Bible even says there's pleasure in sin for a season. But now listen, in January it was cold here, wasn't it? We got down in the 20s and the 30s, with no leaves on the trees, wasn't the grass wasn't green, it was brown. But now the sun's beginning to shine, the rains begin to fall, the temperatures are rising, the new grass is growing, the trees are beginning to bud, the leaves are coming all out on them, the, the mountains are turning green. And here about September or August, it'll cool down again. The leaves will begin to change color. And all those green trees in the mountain will begin to turn gold and red and orange and brown and different colors, won't they? Seasons change. But no matter what season you're in, you're never alone. He said, lo, I'll go with you all the way, even until the end of the world. I don't care what Satan has told you. The Lord still loves you. I don't care what Satan has told you. I don't care what he's put in your lap. I don't care what you've been through. I'm here to tell you the Lord still loves you. If he didn't, he wouldn't have sent his son to die on Calvary. But he sent him for everybody. Now you pray on for just a few minutes. Zacchaeus was a man that was despised, wouldn't he? People dreaded to see that man coming. He was a tax assessor, I guess in our language. He was a Republican in the Bible. And people dreaded to see him coming. And yet, the Lord made a way for that man years before Zacchaeus ever thought of needing him. What are you talking about, preacher? Why, he just happened to run into him one day. No, he didn't. No. Read your scripture. I believe Zacchaeus was a man of of little stature. Now, that can be interpreted a couple of ways. He could have been a man that wasn't very tall, that maybe couldn't have seen over the crowd to see Jesus. He could have been a man that was thought so little of that people dismissed him altogether. But I'm telling you, the Lord loved Zacchaeus to the point, I know where I'm going now. The Lord loved Zacchaeus to the point that he looked down through the ages of time and you, Zacchaeus, would need a way to see Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And so before Zacchaeus maybe was ever even born, there was a little sapling of a sycamore tree that sprouted up and began to grow. And over the years, maybe 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and when Zacchaeus needed to see Jesus, when Jesus was going to pass that way, the sycamore tree was there right on time. The sycamore tree was there and it was strong enough to barzacus' weight. If you study any about a sycamore tree, you'll learn that its limbs are low so that you can get up on them and you can climb the tree. You'll learn that its leaves, that it's full and it provides shade and protection for the birds and for things like that. It provides a protection for sinners that are vulnerable. Oh, aren't you glad that the Lord loves Zacchaeus enough to make a way for us to see Jesus? And I'm glad of this. I, I don't think it was happenstance. I believe Jesus went right up to the tree and said, Zacchaeus! Make haste to come down, for today I must abide at your house. The tree that I'm preaching about to you right now is the church of the living God. It's been planted here for a hundred plus years, and yet the Lord knew that Israel would need it Friday night a week ago, and she was able to climb up in it and see Jesus. Yeah. You're never alone. We read where Jesus, and I won't be long before you tonight. Amen. We read where Jesus stepped off the boat and there was a man that had been tormented. You may be here being tormented tonight. And when he first saw Jesus, his first words were not Lord and Savior. He didn't jump up and down, was excited to see Jesus. As a matter of fact, he said, I pray thee, torment me not. In other words, I've got all on me that I can stand. I just can't take any more. I've gone as far as I can go. And we can read about the man, how maybe he had friends, and the friends had tried to talk to him. He was one of these that was a self-harmer. You know what I'm talking about? He did things intentionally to hurt himself because his mind just could not let go of the things that Satan was telling him. And this man's name was Legion. They had chained him down to keep him from hurting himself, and he would cut himself and he wouldn't run naked into the tombs. He made his abode among the dead. But I mean, oh. <laughs> Oh, let me tell you something. You may be here today in torment. You may be here today and feel tortured. You may be here today and feel like there's no hope. I've got that news it for you. You're never alone. They had done all they knew to do to help Legion. Legion was a man, I guess you'd say, just right at the end of his rope until he met somebody that could make a difference. Yeah. You might just need to talk to somebody that can make a difference. Yeah. We sang the song number 22, try Jesus. Yeah. He never fails. Yeah. Right. When you lay it all right down at his feet, he can make the difference. Pray on for a few minutes, will you? You're never alone. I pray thee torment me not. The Lord asked him his name. He said, Legion, for we are many. Now you know this story, don't you? There was a herd of swine there. And the Lord cast the demons out of Legion and into the swine. And they ran violently, listen. They ran violently down the hill and into the sea and were drowned. That's what Legion was dealing with satan will pile on you and pile on you he do it his best to destroy you there's nothing more that he would like to do than to kill your testimony. There's nothing more that he would like to do than to kill your influence over others. There's nothing more that he would like to do to keep you from being a witness and to keep you from winning one more soul cause he wants to drag them all into hell. But I'm here to tell you today, try Jesus, trust him, you're never alone. David said, I will look into the hills from which cometh my help. I am coming. From the Lord. There's, oh, we sang this song, I like it, John. Where could I go but to the Lord? Oh, living below in this old sinful world, hardly a comfort can afford, striving each day to pay, face temptation sore. Where could I go but to the Lord? And I'm glad that He's not far from every one of us. Though, happily we may feel angry, He's there. He's just a whisper away. All you need to do is talk to Jesus. You're never alone. So we can hear the storm around us right now. The disciples on the ship, the wind blowing, the tempest, the waves powerful. The ship was, have you ever been on a shipment rocking? It don't take much if it's not a big boat to make you seasick. I've been on the big boats and felt them rock. They were frightened and afraid that they were gonna perish, and Jesus down in the ship asleep, and they went down and woke him up and said, Master, care us not. That we perish. I don't read where he panicked, Marty. I don't read where fear ever registered with him. Friend, the monster that you're facing, Jesus can take care of. You're never alone. They were afraid that the storm would sink their boat. But when they went down and said, Master, he was asleep. Can't you just see? Master cares not that we perish. He made his way up onto the bow of the ship. I know where I'm going, Johnny. We've been in the middle of a storm here for a year. We've been in the middle of a, of a storm. And it looked like it was going to just shut the church doors, didn't it? Not just our church, all these little old God feared churches around here looked like it was going to come down to the point where they said we couldn't even meet. The storm's been raging. The wind's been blowing. But aren't you glad that we're never alone? Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, I heard him speak last Friday night. Jesus stepped up on the bow of the ship. And he just spoke a few words. He wasn't afraid. He just had to speak some peace. He said, peace, be still. And immediately the wind ceased. And the rain stopped. Oh, you're not by yourself. Call on the master. He can speak peace in your life. You Amen. Amen. Yeah. Dawn sings a song every once in a while. I believe I've heard her singing. He's comfort in sorrow. He's hope for tomorrow. Jesus is precious to me. Is he to you? Lord help me to preach for just a few minutes this morning on being a part-time Christian. If He's precious to you, you'll work full-time for Him. We may stray. Remember the story about the sheep that had gone astray, and the shepherd left the ninety and nine to find that one. The shepherd never left the sheep. The sheep left the shepherd, didn't he? Now, folks, we may wander astray, but we've got somebody with us. We're never alone. Remember that song, Though others would be lonely when all my friends are gone, the Lord is ever standing by my side. A heavy load upon me, and yet I'm pressing on because I have a Savior, friend, and guide. We're never alone. Let's look at one more, will you? Remember, here's the storm, and there's Paul, a prisoner on the ship. He had tried to warn the captain. He had tried to warn the centurion that was over him and the other prisoners. And they decided to sail anyway, and they went three days Without seeing the sun or the stars, and all hope that they might be saved, was gone. How dark is it in your world? How dark is it? I'm here to tell you today, let the S-O-N shine in your life. He wants to. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Amen. mean? Yeah. Wayne, I've got three boys. I've got one in North Dakota. got one in Arizona. And if my phone rang this instant, and they said, Daddy, I need you, I'd get in the car, I'd get on a plane, I'd do whatever I needed to do to get to my child and try to do all I could to help it. And there's not a parent in this house that would not do the very same thing. But I'm here to tell you today, I've got somebody with me. I've got somebody that cares for me. We're his child, and he loves you. I'm here to tell you today, he's not one of these deadbeat dads. I've met those, I've seen those. They'll have children and they'll walk away from them. They won't provide for them. They won't buy uh, 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 some formula. They won't buy diapers. They won't buy food to feed the child. They'll never clothe it. They'll never do anything for that child. The Lord is not like that. He said in, Oh, he'd said, in supply our every need. And he knows what you need before you ask. But he made us a promise. Can't you hear me tonight? He said ask and you shall receive. Amen. I believe he told us not to be concerned with what we had to eat. Or what we had to put on. For your father know what you need before you ask. If he'll supply the the sparrows, if he'll clothe the fields, they're here today. Tomorrow cast in the oven. How much more for shall he do for ye? O oh, ye of little faith, the Lord can. Now let me. And you be careful about how you hear what I'm about to say. The Lord can only do in our lives what we'll allow him to. If you're determined, you're not going to seek his help. He'll just let you struggle. Well, Preacher, it's been hard. The way of a transgressor is hard. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. That doesn't mean that you're not worth fooling with. That doesn't mean that the Lord has turned his back on you. That doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. Now, how about this? Today's Mother's Day. Mothers, has your child ever done something to disappoint you? Why, well, I'm sure they have. At some point in life, I'm sure they have. Something that brought tears to your eyes. At some point in life, I'm sure they have. Did you love them any less? You didn't love them any less. If you could have, when they were turning their back on you. If you could have, when they were being disrespectful to you. If you could have when they weren't doing the things you knew were best for them, if there were any possible way whatsoever, at that very moment, you would have loved to wrap your arms around them, and love them, and told them as much. That's what Jesus wants to do. That's what the Savior wants to do. That's what the Lord wants to do is wrap his arms around you and speak peace in your life. There is no better peace than the peace that the Lord can give. We used to sing a song when I was in trouble. My way was black as night. Jesus gave me comfort and led me to the light. Though all of the world forsake me, right by my side, he'll be. He is everything to me. Of course, if it wasn't for the Lord, what would I do? We'd all be in trouble. We'd all be a legion, with me. we? would all, now listen. Paul on the ship. The storm rumbled and came. The winds blew the ship. They didn't see the sun or the stars for three days. And all hope, that they should be saved was gone. But Paul appeared after many days. They cast the lady out of the ship. They threw everything overboard they could and still couldn't do anything. Honey, we can't drive it. God has a plan. Did you know that? Yeah. And we'll follow His plan or we'll make shipwreck. We'll follow His plan or we'll have destruction in our lives. We'll follow his plan, or our life will be full of regret. Paul appeared after many days. And you know what he told all those that sailed with him, two 276 souls? He said, I have somebody with me. He said, boys, the Lord who I'm serving and who I fear, he sent an angel that stood by me this time and he's promised us that all that sail with us will be saved. But he said this ship will fall a shipwreck and so they went and the ship ran aground and it began to it began to break apart and, and, and some of the men were going to kill the prisoners and the centurion willing to save Paul told them everybody that could swim to swim to this island and Paul already told them where they were going to go. He told them they must first be cast upon an island and all that could swim be, to swim to the shore and those that couldn't swim to get a hold of part of the ship. Listen, if you hear it, you love If you hear and you're if you don't feel like you can make it to the shore just grab hold of a part of the ship we'll get you safely Whoa. we'll get you safely to shore I'm glad there's parts of the ship that yeah. have been in my life yeah. I may have had to hold on a few times to stay afloat but they kept me afloat until I can make it safely home Amen, Amen. it ain't thought much of it's talked about it's run down it's neglected it's abused but there's only one ship going to sail from earth to glory and I'm glad to be on it if you've been saved you're on it too Friend, there's nothing better than knowing the Lord and being the center of his will. Let's go one more. You want to? Remember, I believe it was Philip. The Lord was really blessing him. He was one of the first deacons that they appointed. He was also a preacher. And the Lord was really blessing him. And the Lord told him, to go out to the desert in a chariot by himself out into this dry place. No water, nobody. If it'd have been Mike and Silla Philip, old Mike might have questioned a little bit and said, Lord, why on earth? Would you send me to a place like that? But Philip didn't question, did he? He went. And as he was going into that dry, can't you imagine, it's so hot. Mason lives out in Phoenix, Arizona. It's desert. From about 1st of April Till around the end of October, it's over hundred degrees every day. I can just see Philip in his chariot, sweat rolling down his forehead. But the Lord told him to go. And to look at that man as he traveled in his chariot across the desert one might look at him and think to themselves, what a fool. There he is all along traveling across the desert. No way he'll ever make it. But the Lord was with him. The Lord knew what he was doing because there was an Ethiopian eunuch down there that needed somebody with him. Yeah. Amen. He was traveling along. He was representing the queen of Ethiopia, he had been to Jerusalem, he had no doubt donated several dollars toward the treasury down there in Jerusalem, and he'd come back and he didn't know no more than he did when he went. There's a lot of folks like that that's attended church today, that they're not one more bit knowledgeable of the Lord, of of the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, than they were when they left home this morning I hope none of them were here at Dutch Bottoms this morning. I hope that something was said, something was done, teaching, singing, preaching, that gave them knowledge of salvation. Here's a eunuch. You might say with his Bible open. He had scripture, Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. And he asked... Philip said who is this man speaking of, of himself or of another here they are in the middle of the desert you'd think it's just Philip but he met this man the Ethiopian eunuch that wouldn't happenstance the Lord knew that the eunuch needed somebody You may be here just like that eunuch and need somebody. Hold on, hang on, keep praying. The Lord will send you exactly what you need. Try Jesus, He never fails. Here they are in the desert, they're talking. I talked to my son the other day. He said it rained for the first time down there in over a year. It sprinkled for about five minutes. That don't sound like a whole lot of water, does it? But the eunuch said, Here is water. What doth hindereth me from being baptized? I don't believe that he was of the denomination that believed in sprinkling. I believe there was a water hole in the middle of the desert that the Lord had made because the eunuch wanted to be baptized. And, and, And Philip said, if thou believe, thou mayest. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And they stopped the chariots. And they got down in the water in the middle of the desert because Jesus knew, because the Lord knew there was somebody down there that needed Him. I'm here to tell you today, you're never alone, no matter where you're at. If you're in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the ocean, if you're in the middle of the desert, it's the driest place you've ever been in. Oh, friend, I'm here to tell you today, you're never alone. Jesus loves you. We've heard of, well, let me not go there. Let me just go to scripture. That's better than than my tale, isn't it? Remember the jailer? I started started to say, well, we've heard of these jailhouse confessions, these jailhouse professions. I can read you about one that was real. The, the jailer down there where Paul and Silas were in jail, he came and sprang in and called for a light and said, what must I do to be saved? And that same night, the day that he had beaten Paul and Silas, the day that he had cast their feet fast in the stocks in the inner prison, that same day something happened because he took them and set them down, those prisoners at his kitchen table in front of his wife and children and washed their stripes and gave them meat to eat and a total about face and his behavior. What happened? He met somebody that would go with him all the way. Did he meet Paul? Did he meet Silas? No, honey. He, (laughs) He met the Lord. I've been there. You have great heartache and great loss. You just don't know what you're gonna do, where you're gonna turn. I've told you this before, I lost my grandpa. I lived at the foot of Rankin Hill. I walked up in behind that great big barn. It said, if i on the hill, my <coughs> knees hit slate rock. And I prayed and asked Jesus to help me. And a troubled little boy got up with peace in his heart. Mm -hmm. He can do the same for you. Mm -hmm. Now, you may not... To my knowledge, everything that I preach to you is within the lids of the King James Version Bible. If you don't believe anything else, believe this. This says that God is no respecter of person. That means he loves you just like he does me. He loves you just like he does Marty Costner. He loves you just like he does John Dyke. He loves you just like he loves Wendy Ellison. He loves you just like he loves Becky. Just like he loves Dawn. Just like he loves Joanne. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He said he would never leave us. He'd never forsake us. For lo, I am with you always, even. To the end of the world. And I'm going to go a little farther than that. I'm going to live with him. When this life is over. When the world ends. I'm just going to step up on the cloud. And go home to glory. To be with him forever. There's not a person in this house. Preacher, they just look like they have it so good. That's what they look like. You can't see inside their heart. Right. Yea, is this not King James Version Bible? Yea, and all that live godly. Now, did you catch the first part? Yea, and all that live godly. That's not talking about the hypocrite. That's not talking about those that proclaim to be something they're not. That's not talking about those that are living in sin. Yea, and all that live godly. There's a qualifier on that. Shall. In other words, that's a definite thing. It is going to happen. Yea, and all that live godly shall suffer persecution. But you want the good part of that? He said if we suffered with Him, we shall also reign with Him. Amen. Well done. Thy good and faithful servant. Thou'st been faithful over a few things. John, I'm glad it don't have to be a whole lot because I'd have been a miserable failure. But thou'st been faithful over a few things. In red! Woo! To the joys of the Lord. You're not the first one Satan's jumped on. When I was a young man, In my teens, I got saved when I was eight years old. I don't know why I got to tell this. When I was a young man in my teens, old Satan come by to Mike. He troubled me. He said, boy, you're too young. Caused me to doubt, to wonder if I'd been saved. And Johnny, I'd get down and begin to try to pray, and I'd get right up to the point of asking Jesus to save me, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't get the words out, it wouldn't come. Kind of felt ashamed. I'd get up and go on in a few days, it bothered me again, Wayne. And I'd do the same thing, I'd get down, I'd try to pray, get right up to the point of asking him to save me, and I just couldn't get to it. The words just wouldn't come, it bothered me. And finally one day in that same shape again, trying my best to pray to get to him, And worked my way right up to the point to where I could ask him. And it came to me this plain as day. He said, what are you doing? He said, you know what you got. You remember how you felt. You remember how happy and how peaceful you had it. How good it felt on the inside. He said, you know what you got. It never bothered me anymore after that day you're not unique you're not the first one to have trouble you're not the first one Satan has jumped on listen we're human we all are we need one another I was so proud we had these two lovely ladies come forward to be a part of the church here a couple weeks ago Last Sunday, we had Sarah come forward to be a part of the church. This Sunday, we had three more come forward to be a part of the church. And guess what? From Israel to Miss Greg, they all need us. They all need our prayers. Amen. They all need our love. Amen. Yeah. They all need a hand from time to time. Amen. They need to know that they're cared for and we need to do the caring and love them. That's what the church is for. The church has not turned its back on you. The Lord has not turned its back on you. We all love you and we want you to be blessed. Amen. The world will feed you all kinds of messages. It'll say sin, say okay. It'll tell you you just can't help the shape that you're in, and you can't, but you can give it to somebody that can. <laughs> he can make a difference in your life. He can do the changing. Mm-hmm. Every time we try to do the changing, we'll fall flat of our face. Mm-hmm. We'll mess up. We'll make shipwreck We'll get lost wandering around in the sand. But if you'll let Jesus do the changing, he'll make a great change in your life. He'll do something you never thought would be possible. If you'll trust him. If you'll try him. So I'm going to tell you my story, and then I'll be done. I was about as backwards as a little boy can be. Marty remembers me whenever I was a kid. Johnny remembers me whenever I was a kid. We was raised that you didn't open your mouth. When the adults were talking, you let them talk, and you sat, and you listened. So I did. I was as backward a little boy as you'd ever meet in your life. Went through school, senior in high school, and you know how they do the superlatives most likely to do this or most likely to do that. Hey, they came up with one that said they voted me to be most likely to be a preacher, and I said that'll never happen. Ain't no way I could do that. I could not stand in front of a bunch of people with nothing to look at, no way to read anything, that's not me. I can't do that. That won't happen. (coughs) Got married, got a little older, and the Lord began to deal with me. Now, he began to deal with me after I got out of high school. I just started Walter State. I was probably about this young lady's age. My dad had a heart attack. We rushed him to the emergency room. They said, tell him goodbye, because he may not be back. They rolled him in there, and I would worked all night long. I would worked graveyards, and I'm trying my best to hurry through this. They had a great big wooden crate that was probably a little taller than this. And I got up on the top of that crate, and I sat down, and I pulled my knees to my chest, and I began to pray, and I said, Lord, if you'll give me a few more years with him, and here's where I got in trouble. I said, I'll do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the Lord began to bother me, and every time I'd get real close to him, it'd get real heavy on my heart, and you know what I'd do? Yeah. I'd back off. Yeah. Revival come around, I'd pray, I'd get right. He'd go to bother me with it again, Gary. Take a step back. Until he began to bother me with it so strong, I was trying to talk to him. And he said, Remember what you promised me. You're going to keep your promise. And I was afraid. I was afraid. It wasn't long after that I announced my call to preach. First scripture I ever used to preach out of was where Abraham took Isaac up on the mountain. Preached for five years. They elected me at Round mountain. I pastored there for nine years. Right in the middle of preaching one Sunday morning, the Lord said, you're done. There wasn't a thing I could do about it. I loved them and they loved me, but you can't go beyond what the Lord tells you. I spent a year about as miserable as a man could be. Felt like a lost ball in high weeds. And then Marty Costner called me. He said, we'd like for you to come fill in for us at Dutch Bottoms. And it came. And that was the first time in a long time I had felt at home. Now, I had been to different churches. I went to Rankin. I went to Browns. I went to different places. And they all loved me. They all wanted me to participate and work and help in the church. But I just wasn't there. I just couldn't reach it. And you boys as pastor before knows what I'm talking about. I just could not get there. I came back. And came back and it came back and this is where the Lord put me. So here we are. Right at about seven years later. And the Lord's blessed, ain't he? Amen. That's what the Lord can do. He can take a little old boy that couldn't put two words together and make a preacher out of it. He can take a little old boy that was poor. <laughs> We didn't have nothing. Mom and Dad did the very best they could. Mom <laughs> didn't work. Dad worked at Ryan Lever County for a little bit over minimum wage. And if you ever worked there, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. We didn't have nothing, John. <laughs> they didn't pay nothing either. We <laughs> eat a lot of beans and taters. Yeah. I didn't have a hamburger from McDonald's until I was old enough to earn the money and buy one for myself. We got to eat out once, twice a year. That's it. He took a little boy that was ignorant, took a little boy that couldn't string two words together, he took a little boy that was poor, and look how he's blessed I'm a nobody. And if you do that for me, imagine how much he loves you. If you do that for a little old sitter boy like me, imagine how much he loves you. I can read you in the Bible where he took a shepherd boy and made a king out of him. God is no respecter of persons if you do that for me. If he'd do that for David, imagine what he'd do for you if you just tried. You're never alone. Paul told the fellas over there on Mars Hill if happily you may feel after him, He's he's nigh to every one of us. He's that close to you today, and he's waiting on you to say, I need you. I need you, Lord. Would you come? Would you help me? I got trouble. I can't handle it. I can't make it without you. Would you help, Lord? And He will. Now listen your trouble may not phase me at all. What I have to carry, the load I'm burdened with, the things that Satan tempts me with, may not phase you in the least. But every man is tempted. Is that not Bible? We're all tempted. How much we give to the Lord, how much we rely upon the Lord determines how, much, how far Satan can take us. If you'll trust Him, He'll help you today. You're never alone. The song said, When we see Jesus coming in glory... Then we shall meet him. He told his disciples, he said, I'll go away. But if I go away, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. I believe he told them he'd send a comforter, didn't he? In other words, we're never alone.